welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I am Ben Slinger, back in the seat, and with me as always is uh, Mr. Trevor Scott. No, I'm Sammy Deej, back again. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sammy, yeah, no. taking over. <laughs> Body snatched Trevor. You kinky lep- leprechaun. Uh, okay, <laughs> so I think... Uh, I think we're going to start with Click Picture again. Trevor, for those who didn't uh, hear the episode two weeks ago and the week before that, do you want to tell them about our new game? Ben has found a set of weird images. He's created a website on the counter. Three, two, one, click. Ben or I will put a picture into our Discord messenger. We'll see the picture for the first time. Have a good laugh. Describe the picture to you and then come up with a game design based off of that picture. Actually, no, this time we're not going to describe the picture. We're going to come up with the game design and then you have to tweet at us and tell us what you think the picture was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. I think so. These are actually these are technically stock photos, weird stock photos uh, put together on a board panda list somewhere. There's like 175 of them. So uh, we we have the URLs and yeah, we don't know what this is going to be. So here we go. You ready, Trev? Yep. Three, two, one, enter. <laughs> okay. We have an elderly couple <laughs> with a, a rifle that they've taken apart and are kind of playfully, playfully, playfully pointing sort of at each sword, other. Yeah, like almost like fake sword fighting with parts of this rifle <laughs> while a large brown bunny sits on a table looking very worried. <laughs> and I'm not sure what that is in front of the... The bunny, but it looks to be like some sort of weird, like fireplace poker or something like that. Uh, I mean, I, I suspect or it's a rifle part cleaner? of the rifle. I think it's part of yeah. the rifle, yeah, or the cleaner or something. Yeah, so yeah, I think they are. I think they're cleaning it. It does look like they're cleaning it. Okay, so they've this- got into a <laughs> into just a. <laughs> Random uh, rifle part yep. play fight. Okay, this sounds like a cooperative game in which you've got to okay. t- uh, put a rifle together while you're also like sort of a married couple so it's it's sort of like a flirty sort of put the rifle together and and also kill the rabbit <laughs> okay okay no, no no i like this i let's not limit it to a married couple okay. but i do like the idea of a cooperative game where yeah you have to like put together weapons to to solve whatever the problem is yeah like it, i guess a hunting game yeah it's sort of like um look there's dinner in front of you but you need to put the rifle together <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, VR as usual, because oh, I think yeah. for what we're looking at here, that would make sense. So, is this maybe like you're in a field <laughs> or you're in- Again, we can- uh, I'm sort of thinking you can really mix this up with- The reason I said let's not limit it to a married couple is like that can be one set of characters, but you can choose your characters and you can yep. figure out their relationship. Uh, yep. And then maybe you can also start in different places and and hunt different animals. And so maybe it, maybe it's sort of you get to this place and there are just pieces scattered around everywhere and you have to find like and they don't all necessarily go to the one weapon, right? Oh, yeah. So it's almost a bit of a cooperative scavenger hunt to start with where you're running around this area trying to find weapon parts, figuring out which ones fit to which. And so there's a bit of like, hey, I've got like, you know, uh, 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 it looks like a some sort of rifle with this sort of clip on the end. Like, do you have something that matches that? So you kind no, of all to- I've got over here is a hilt to a lightsaber. Okay, let's try to yeah, find exactly. that. Look, 
<laughs> this is the thing. You can have all sorts of different bizarre weapons. And then all, but all the while, like, the the wildlife that you're trying to hunt is, like, running away or getting scared <laughs> the, off. The or- wildlife is putting together its own set of weapons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And they're also played by humans. It's a four-player game. (laughs) Actually, I kind of like that, not directly in that sense, but like that one team's putting together weapons and the other team's putting together traps. Like, that could be really cool. And and so, you sort of got almost an offensive and defensive team uh, with different uh, sort of things they can do. (laughs) Yeah, I, I quite like this idea. I just, I'm just imagining, you know, almost the sizzle reel, you know, that you sort of show to show off your game. And there's a lot of, sort yeah. of like putting things together all, you know, calmly and doing little sword fights in, in VR and all this sort of stuff while you're, while you're putting together these weapons. And then it turns into like a, this bloodbath <laughs> of, oh, absolutely. of absolutely mowing down all these, all these rabbits. And well, maybe instead of, oh, okay. So maybe. It's so like Maybe a wave instead shooter. of the yeah 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 that's where I was going to go uh, instead of the 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 two team thing it's you've just got the one team you could do it up to like four players and you're not just trying to find like one weapon obviously you're trying to put together as many weapons as you can from all these pieces and maybe traps and stuff you've got a time limit and yeah then it basically becomes a wave like a horde mode wave shooter. Yep. And you just have to survive as long as you can. And you could still potentially be putting together weapons. You know, there could be different strategies at the be- at the beginning. It's like, okay, put all, like, triggers over here, put all hilts over here, put all stocks over here, put all barrels over here, so that when you're, you know, later on- And, you know, you may be putting together any weapons that you can find the complete pieces for as you go, but, like- Later on, if your weapon gets damaged or you lose it or whatever, it's like, okay, oh, shit, I've got this and I need a barrel. Okay, go over to the barrel pile that we created earlier. Yeah. Um, so, there becomes a real preparation stage of really uh, figuring out what all these pieces are and how they go together. I'm just now imagining, like, the pro couples, you know, the pro couples event at, at like, all these different game- um, Oh, yeah. You know, the esports and all that sort of stuff. Um, you've got basically one person who does the assembling slash reloading and the other person who's, who's like, oh, a crash yes. shot. Who's- Yes. Oh, I love that. I love having to like, yeah, manually reload and stuff, or maybe they can even get jammed and you have to like clean them and different things. So you got to deal with stuff. Yeah. As so it basically, goes. the other person who's who's preparing the weapons, you know, they, they, these are the real pros. They they do it this way. Basically, the person who's shooting never has to manually reload. The the cheap nasty teams, you know, they're they're sort of um, you know trying to they're trying to the do place. it themselves yeah. and not actually working together. Yeah, the pro team's just like, all right, you know, uh, uh, whatever, like next, you know, throws the weapon to them as they throw the other one behind them and then the other person like reloads it and fixes it up and meanwhile they're assembling other weapons. And Oh, the, I'm, I'm just the, imagining the, like the, the pro just- teams, you know, they start realizing, hang on, just because, you know, the game sort of says that you got to put the shotgun together like this doesn't mean that I can't put, you know, six barrels of a shotgun in together <laughs> and that becomes well, like that- a Gatling gun. <laughs> <laughs> there was the other direction I was going to go to that it could be a bit more flexible around how they go together uh, and which parts are compatible with which. <laughs> that could get really that could get really fun. Yeah, as as long as you've got a systems based sort of um, setup behind it, you know each. I'm oh, thinking yeah. each part has like 
different um, modifiers and that sort of stuff, and they can sort of go well, together in a certain to, way. I think we came up with a game a while back where you were sort of having to put together guns in that way that did all weird sort of things. This is almost an extension of that where, yeah, like, if you've got a trigger piece, then whatever that does, it just, like, it triggers the fire button of what it, you know. And so you could do things like hook that tr- trigger up to- um, you know, a, a, a barrel thing where, but you put lightsabers at the end of each barrel, and <laughs> when you hit the trigger, they all turn on at once, and you've just got this like huge lightsaber fucking- bayonet. <laughs> yeah, except it's like six of them horizontally, so it's like this big, huge blade. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we call it the Gatling shield. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm going to hold off on the um, on my click picture till the end. I think we should only do two. Sure. And we'll bookend yep. it. I think that's a good way of doing it. That sounds good to me. So, let's move over to click pitch, which is a similar game, except instead of uh, weird images, we just have random words. So, we're each going to get a random word and uh, turn those into games. Mm-hmm. Three to one click. Violation. Meat. M-E-A-T, meat. Meat violation. Ooh. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm sort of getting this as a as a game where you've- where you get to go into into different butcher shops and um, try to find- basically, you're, you're a health code violation or health health code <laughs> in- inspector. Yeah. So, you're- you're- Sorry, I just- I just love that reaction where you're like, oh, oh, you get to go into all these different butcher shops. Like, it's this super exciting thing that everybody just wants to do. Just go butcher shop to butcher shop. At the moment, I just want to go outside. (laughs) That's true. I guess in our current uh, situation, social isolation, physical isolation, going to a bunch of butcher shops would be pretty nice. (laughs) Especially if there's actually meat there. For those who- for those of you who don't realise, we actually record this every single week from the comfort of our own homes um, and speak over the wonder that is the internet. <laughs> so, yes. so, we are not actually while, in the same while room. Our produ- <laughs> while our production has not been affected by the uh, pandemic and the distancing that is uh, a result, our sanity has to a certain degree over the past week or so. And- Please, and we'll continue please, to do so. Please do let us know if our our jokes at the expense of the of the pandemic, um, if, if they if they're not good, because I mean, we, yeah, we look, we're not we only joking in jest because anybody. it's because it's you know it's how we cope. We cope it's by this ridiculous situation that everybody's in. Yep. So, so, so we, yeah, we, along those lines, meat violation. <laughs> yep. Well, it's just a perfect time to bring it out, like cause we have joked yeah. about it in the past, and now it's getting pretty serious. And it's it is getting very serious. Stay the fuck at home, everybody. Stay the fuck. If at you home. need something to do, we have a backlog of, a backlog of one hundred and seventy one episodes. If you need something to do on a Tuesday night and you feel like joining in, yeah, <laughs> send us a message. Just call <laughs> us up. We'll open the phone lines. <laughs> You give us a random word and then we riff on it. <laughs> you don't get to play. <laughs> okay. Uh, meat violation, health code inspector, um, having to go through and, and like, rate all these different places. I'm thinking, you know- So, VR. you've got, like, you've got your temperatures, like, you, you've got your thermometer, you've got your little- uh, I don't know. Do you have to test the color of the meat? You have to ha- like 
What do you have? What are the things you need to do to make sure meat is is correct? Um, <laughs> correct okay. meat. So, <laughs> in order to to grade the meat and the and the premises, uh, you need to be able to go in, check all the temperatures. It's almost like a VR papers, please. I'm seeing it as that each yeah. time you, you're going in and you're sort of now going, okay. Um, people now have to keep temperature charts for for not only their their display cabinet, but they also need to keep temperature charts for like the freezer at the back and the fridge. And now they need to fill out this form every day to to say that they've um that when they received their their goods that this temperature was happening. And you know they uh, need to like chain of chain of evidence, chain of evidence. And and as you, as you sort of go down through the list each every day, there's more things that you need to you need to check off on your checklist. Yeah. Okay. So very much following that papers please model of kind of. Uh, slowly building up the complexity of what you have to be aware of. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And then but- you can have the sort of little social situations where, you know, one of the butchers tries to bribe you because, you know, their their meat isn't at the right temperature, but they, they want to sell it anyway. Or they, they missed one one temperature um, marking off and you can see that it was whited out and, and you know, the correct temperature was put on top. But you have a feeling yeah. that something actually happened that day. Or you spot in the back or- room that all the carcasses are actually uh, do- donkeys <laughs> when they're supposed to be selling cow meat. <laughs> How dare you sell donkey meat when when you're supposed to be selling horse meat? I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell the difference. <laughs> and I'm thinking you could go a little bit- a little bit strange with it, like uh, maybe there's an alien invasion in in one of the earlier sort of days, and by like four days later, they're now selling alien meat. <laughs> Excuse me, I want to keep this this butcher raiding game extremely serious. It's a very uh, serious business, and our, there are lots of people out there who are either in the butchery field or the health code field that will. That that want us to make this game as accurate as possible. Sign Jackal in London, that, health inspector. Do- <laughs> having said that, <laughs> one guy's selling dinosaur meat, and he and he looks kind of like Dennis Nedry, <laughs> and he's also got a time machine. <laughs> but he it's doesn't a use a ticket meat. <laughs> Just uses it to to go back in time and visit his wife. Oh, and then it turns into this whole like time travel romance. Well, in you the can take it down this, that path. Uh, you know, that's one of the health code. You get lost in time, <laughs> <laughs> and then you are. Then you're back in like it turns into the Flintstones, and now you're going to like you're like this giant rack of ribs has been on the ground. <laughs> it looks like it's fallen off a car or something. And then they say we don't have any health code. <laughs> what, what's a health code? It's a living. <laughs> they say, what's a health code? And your head explodes. <laughs> All right. So, you want to click. Discovery. Hit. Hit discovery? Yes. Oh, you're some sort of talent scout? Oh, I knew that you were going to go down the- Go down the music route. <laughs> oh, I didn't say music. Maybe it's baseball hits <laughs> or boxing hits, or yeah, uh, we've done boxing or before. We've kick, done kick <laughs> ball hits. Okay, what what I was actually thinking of was your character 
wakes up one day not knowing where they are and they realize that they've like had had some sort of black eye or something like that and they've discovered uh, that you know they've actually been assaulted but they don't remember I like what happened that so okay. it's, now- it's an it's an amnesia recovering your memory sort of thing after you've had a concussion or something yeah. like you've obviously had a bad bad hit yeah i'm thinking it's a little okay. bit more serious than like dude where's my car but it's in that same sort of vein of you following your tracks and almost almost like a part memento part um part mm. dude dude where's my car dude where's my tattoos telling me <laughs> who i am <laughs> uh what's yeah, mine say okay. dude what's mine say sweet <laughs> what's mine say don't trust him don't trust teddy I know, it's so good. All right. Um, okay. I, I like this idea of it. Yeah, like a bit a bit of a gritty kind of amnesiac recovering their memory story. Are we talking like point and click-ish? Where do you wanna where do you wanna go? Yeah, I'm, Platformer, th- I'm thinking match three. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you make a match, a little bit more of your memory comes back. <laughs> but if you make the wrong match for the for the actual for the actual level, you know, you you want to make uh, thirteen oranges and fourteen purples. But if you make a red and a green, then you start getting false memories. Uh, no, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm definitely thinking along the lines of, I think an adventure game, but in a slightly different, slightly different way. In the fact that. It's not necessarily a point and click as such, but it's almost along those lines of of a Gabriel Knight three or um, Discworld Noir that slightly do it outside of the norm. Uh huh. So yeah, okay. It's it's more about um, so it's horrible three D <laughs> <laughs> polygonal three D. Yeah. Okay, so so less like like straight kind of inventory puzzles. Yeah, I'm thinking more along the lines of you your inventory is memories. I was about to say maybe it's yeah, maybe it's one of those games where yeah, you kind of you kind of matching concepts and stuff so when you get in a conversation you can ask about things that you've remembered. Yeah. Basically. Uh I like that. Yeah, you kind of uncovering things that way. And that way, when someone gives you a little bit of exposition, you can sort of match it against something that you either know or you take it as fact, but um, it may not be oh, pure truth. Interesting. Like, yeah. they, they may have their own agenda. Having to change your, basically, your sort of mind map of what you believe and what you know. Yeah. Based on the things you've heard. And then when there's a conflict, you have to, like- Either resolve find, it, a, yeah, yeah, like resolve it by finding yet another source to to kind of uh, correlate against, or I don't know if you can, I don't know if you branch it even, right? Like you internally have to make a decision on which of these do you believe, uh, and it like locks out certain, you know, certain conversation paths. I'm sort of and, almost and in my in head going down like that. If you remember a while ago, we talked about like this world that uh, people's memories were being like continually recorded. Uh, I kind of like the idea that um, this character has like a blank, a blank spot in their tape, sort of thing. That the last twenty four, forty eight hours are completely. Was that the one with like the time scissors? Yes, but um, I'm I'm thinking (laughs) that 
We just sort of take that idea of- Oh, or was it the cyberpunk one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think it was the cyberpunk thing that I was oh, talking right. about. But, uh, anyway, but it's more yeah. along the lines of, you know, one of the- one of those Black Mirror sort of episodes, so you can sort of play around okay, a little yeah, well, bit. Well, I kind of, I kind of like that idea of, um, of taking it a bit cyberpunky, yeah, a, bla- a bit Black Mirror-ish, mm. um, going into that kind of dark neon future, and and having that be what you're exploring. But yeah, having like so in that case, the visualizations of your mind map are, are actually in game, yeah, uh, as in like they're in world, and yeah, so you've got a bit of. Then, then you've got your character kind of actually saying like, oh, yeah, there's this blank spot. Like, I don't know what's up. I don't know what's happening. Or is it that's a blank spot or is it just like it's been completely erased up until that point? Yeah, I, th- I think there's like this this 48-hour period at first that you got to try and fill in um, because someone's after after some of the information. So, it's just not a, it's not a you wake up and you don't know who you are. It's just a you wake up and you've got. You, you wake like up and- Lost time. You look in the mirror and you've got a black eye, you've got maybe a broken arm, and you're like, okay, I've I've now discovered that, you know, I've been hit at some stage, I've I've been in a fight or something like that, but I don't remember okay. anything that's happened for the last 48 hours, and it's all about, you know, piecing that together because you, you know that this isn't normal. Like- Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think you could almost do like a day in the life sort of thing beforehand. Um, just as, well, no, as I'm thinking that if you're going this cyberpunk way where you've got all your memories recorded, then it's about like going back. You can you can learn bits about who you are by like opening that interface basically and mm-hmm. going back through your old memories. Obviously, we'd have to limit them so we don't have to literally put an entire life's worth of memories somehow into this game. Yeah, I'm uh, always thinking <laughs> almost like if you remember the Rick and Morty episode where they went into Roy um, and you, yeah. you got to see all the all the little uh, bits that Morty went through in the Roy game. I kind of like yeah, that, that yeah. you pick out these these specific moments that um, that sort of define Roy or whoever our character yeah, is. Yeah, you get little- Exactly, you get those little snippets. But then, yeah, you've got this big blank spot and I like the idea that as you're then exploring and, yeah, you, you've got people telling you these things, you almost- you get these- it's not just, like, this is the fact, you know. It's here's, like, the 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 animation, basically, of what you now remember, like, yep. what you think happened uh, in that time. I kind of also uh, like the idea- you can then play that, back as you like. That as you're going, because, because this is- being the first time in your life that you haven't been able to have perfect recall of every single thing, yeah. as you go, you're actually starting to, um, like your me- your memory was atrophied and or your brain was atrophied somewhat because it it's now not being able to rely on, on like the evidence that it usually is able to rely on that you start getting actual memories back about these forty eight hours sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I like this idea because in a world where yeah everybody's like memories are recorded verbatim at all times to to have some missing ones and not be able to rely on that now is going to be you know a shock of the central crisis yeah. um and so and so exploring what this person is going through yeah and sort of having to rely on fuzzy memories and and con- or conflicting memories or conflicting ideas as they sort of get told things and different things you know different parts of their memory come back, uh, that could be really cool. Yeah. Having to reconcile that. Yeah. I, I 
I've been reading a, a few different things lately about what sort of going forward, going forward, people's integration with technology will actually be. And, mm-hmm. you know, people are talking about like actual chips that that sort of aid with memory and all these sort of things. And I'm like, well, yeah. it's kind of a bit freaky, but kind of a, oh, a God, cool it's- thing at the same time. Like, yeah. All that sort of human computer interface stuff is really interesting. Yeah. So Especially to, to in game in game form because we can explore it however we want. Exactly. And I, I know I think it would just add um add something to to uh, um, I mean there's not many games out there that, that sort of deal with this subject matter, so Yeah. No, that's cool. I think that could be really cool having to Yeah, go back through your old memories and extrapolate from through that through that uh, blank spot with things you've been told as you go through this adventure. Yeah, you could That's- even you could even start realizing that even though people's memories are, are somewhat, you know, recorded, they can also be sort of unreliable. They're they're unreliable in the fact that people's brains will actually modify them to to be what they want them to be. Yeah, well that could even be part of the story is like unraveling that mystery, like discovering that. That can be part of the discovery. Yeah. Because he's, as far he's as realizing, oh, everyone's like, treating these as you know infallible, firm, yeah. firm, infallible evidence, and you actually find some actual evidence that you know of someone whose memory has changed, or, or that everyone's memories are just changing in the same way that they used to before. You know, they were hooked up to yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, all, all the chip is doing is interpreting the brain signals. So right. it's not actually recording directly off of off of an eye camera or something like that. It's actually just interpreting the signals. Yeah. And however the brain sort of interpreted it depends on how it got recorded. Or well, you could do some really interesting stuff there too if you managed to because maybe up until this point these memory recordings were all internal to the person. So you couldn't actually see someone else's memory recording necessarily. Yeah. Or or you yeah, like I guess I don't know how they'd you know, they're just sort of a helper tool or whatever. And so, but you stumble onto a way to like extract. Well, or maybe that's how your <laughs> memories are gone. Maybe you can like extract people's memories, but then by comparing multiple people's memories of the same event, you realize, oh, wait, they're all interpreting it in these different ways. They don't actually match up. Yeah. Uh, and so again, you don't know which to believe. That could even actually, that could be like a good kind of turn in the story is like maybe your goal is. Has you know after the end of Act One, we sort of end up knowing what's happening. Now it's like, oh, I need to find out what happened, so I need to track down these people who were there and take their memories. I kind of like the idea that he- that's going to be your big, your big like. Here's the evidence, and then yeah, the turn is oh, they're all different. I still don't know what actually happened. I kind of like the idea that the character knows that he's a prosecutor and has been involved in this big case, sort of thing. But then yeah, like, and. All his all his evidence has has actually been memory based, and that's how he's won all his cases. Ah, well, yeah, and well, and all the like that's how cases that's how the legal system has just gone over yep. the past like fifty years since this technology hit mainstream. Yeah, so that's cool. So you know now he's trying to go against the norm and actually get the police to actually start doing some real investigation rather than just going off eyewitness accounts. Kind of like they've forgotten almost everything about um, forensic evidence and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, they've just been relying on this thing because because it's just like oh, it's easy. people people have people you have perfect recall. Like 
yeah, basically witness statements have become yeah have have, sort have, of have become, become have become the number one evidence over forensic yeah. sort of stuff, and just to yeah just to sort of show that it's it's like that today, and that is actually you know witness statements are, are one of the most least reliable sources of information. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's really fun. I think uh, a hard hitting cyberpunk legal drama. With with obviously you know action and adventure elements as you hunt down your memories of or, or other people's memories of this incident, that's really fucking cool. Yeah, we're awesome. on, we're on a roll tonight. I'm I'm really uh, liking some, some of these shit. some of these games. Totally. I think one of us needs to take a break more often. We sort of come back with <laughs> with the goods. <laughs> All right. In fact, so much that it's solid. <laughs> that's my word. Inability. Ooh, it, it's a character with an inability to become solid. Yes, I was thinking some sort of ghost or spirit or something along those lines. Yeah. As as usual, I'm heading towards VR because I feel like it could be a really interesting thing in VR. To most of the time. You can't you can't actually pick things up. You, you can't interact with things, but then like being able to start like starting to learn to do that. Because then that first moment, it's like in all those movies where someone's a ghost and they finally manage to like knock something over. Yep. The the first moment of that happening in VR, I can just imagine that being really cool. It's like, oh my god, I I affected something. Okay. When you said ghost, what was the first movie that jumped into your head? Oh shit. Uh, well, <laughs> right. I don't know if this was the first movie that jumped in my head then, but the first movie that's jumped in my head now is Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby. Yeah, which- guess what? <laughs> Same thing Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit that that was the first oh, thing that jumped in my head. I was thinking that, like, unfortunately- <laughs> Yeah. I just I just have that memory of of him like putting his head through the telephone all the way out to to yell at this person. <laughs> uh, I know what other movies have there been of of the person who discovers they're a ghost and can't touch things like I don't there know. Plenty. I mean, Ghost, I guess. Yeah, Ghost it's probably happened um, in Ghost. But it, as soon as you said that, what came into my came into my head was not necessarily the image, but just the word Ghost Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn it! Why is that still in my head? I thought I purged I everything. Bill Cosby. I had to ask because because that's where it, that's what happened to me. But the fact that it happened to you too makes me actually feel a little bit more safe, <laughs> 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 knowing that our heads work almost the exact same way. <laughs> yes, yes, they are similar. So, okay, I like this idea. It's basically ghost, but in VR, you discover you're a ghost and you can- you start to learn to affect things. And I think it's a very narrative thing. You could even go down the kind of- Now I'm wondering why I didn't think of Beetlejuice first, because that's also a film that I really like that they realise that they they find out that they're ghosts. Yeah, like, I mean, again, it's sort of that classic- it's sort of that classic thing, but like you said, like- I don't know that there's actually that many movies that do it in that classic way. There's just sort of this general pop culture col- uh, consciousness of that moment that a- someone realizes they're a ghost. Uh, it's probably been like satirized more times than it's happened legitimately in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think we do it legitimately. I think this is like, yeah, kind of a, a, a sad, 
a tragic romance or something uh, in the vein of Ghost. Yep. Told, but told from, yeah, you, you play the ghost. And, yeah, first you can't touch anything. You can move around and you can go through walls, which is fun. <laughs> yep. I don't know how. I guess you'd have to make this room scale VR, maybe, um, to really have that, like, poking your head through a wall sort of situation. I don't know. I mean, the first time that I, I bring up, like, the teleporter, you, you launch the teleporter out and you're, like, you're putting it towards the wall and you're expecting it to stop like it normally does in games and all of a sudden it's through, through into the next room and you don't know where it's going and you let go and all of a sudden you teleport into a yeah. new room. It's- I guess that could be cool. It's got something about it, you know, a little bit of surprise. Although actually, I was kind of uh, Kyle's kind of liking the idea of a a subtle transparency that shows up as you sort of aim the teleporter um, through a wall, so you can get at l- like maybe just the outlines of things on the other side without a full image of it. Um, some sort of sense of of where you're going without. Yeah, really I'm, I'm thinking that maybe could be cool. you know like a fifty percent opacity sort of thing that happens. Well, or that even you can- just like an outline shader of the things that are on the other side that kind of just subtly shows through. You know what I mean? Like a Anyway, it's hard to explain the graphical effects on a audio podcast. <laughs> but uh, just wait 15 minutes while I quickly write up a shader in Unity <laughs> <laughs> like this. But that's cool. And I, and I think initially you're you're almost just an observer as these conversations and things go on around you in this house. And you, you start to obviously figure out what's happening. And you can like, you know, you find a fucking- you find a- a diary or some mail or whatever, and it looks like it might have some useful information on it, but you can't fucking touch it. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, but I think, you know, fairly quickly, you at least discover you can do something, like make a sound or like you can snap your fingers or something, or you can- I'm trying to think how fairly- a snap of the fingers will work in VR. <laughs> oh, it'd have to be a button. It'd have to be a button. <laughs> but- but then the, then you've got a mechanic. And so maybe it is then like, oh, you can get someone's attention to- And they're, they're, they notice the males there and they pick it up and you can read over their shoulder to get some information. And then, you know, eventually you, you learn to make yourself sort of semi-corporeal. And I think your hand like still goes through stuff, but it'll like- It'll give it a little bit of force. It'll give it a little bit of impulse mm-hmm. um, as, you, as you push through. Uh and th- and that way you can kind of start solving puzzles and stuff that are around in the environment and yeah i think it's basically sort of an adventure game in that way yep. of, of there's just puzzles to move the narrative forward uh but they're all done through you know very very minor things that you can do as a ghost yeah what are the rules in this world can you leave your domicile uh good question i think no i think Obviously, you know, you, you probably want to limit the play space. So, in other words, it's, to a certain it's Beetlejuice rules. It's Beetlejuice <laughs> rules. Uh, and again, you could do something cool with the teleporter effect where as you get to the edge of the space that you can go, you know, you try to teleport to a certain place and you get some cool sort of thing that, you know, the, the little teleporter UI line oh, burns, burns up at the end or something. 100% right? what happens is that it's it's like the old King's Quest games that you get to the edge of the map and then it just wraps into the into the other side of the map again. So oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of creepy in VR. Yeah. Did you see that or does it, is it just you go through sort the of- The house invisible- goes on forever, basically, as far as you're concerned. 
I, I like the idea that you can keep on, you know, walking and walking and walking. Oh, and you see, just- I was sort of picturing that you could at least go outside into, like, the, the, the near vicinity of the house. But, yeah, you could do it that you have to stay inside. It's kind of freaky. Yeah. That's kind of cool. You could you could make that wrap work well. Because I think you can still see outside out the windows, but yep. then you try to go through that window and you find yourself just at the opposite end of the house. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, and then I think you're, you know, you're obviously seeing these things go on around you and discovering what happened to you and who you are, maybe as a ghost in this realm. You don't have memories. Mm-hmm. Just to help with the standard gameplay of the players not, not having any knowledge beforehand. Yeah, I know. It's cool. Um, okay, so there's going <clears> to <throat> be an antagonist. And the fucking Ghostbusters burst in. And- yeah, I was going to say, there needs to be an antagonist. I, I kind of like the idea that it's maybe the angel of death or something like that that keeps on coming to try and well, take you away. Well, I was going to say, though, like, along the line of the Ghostbusters, it could be fun that- you get to the point where the people in this house- An exorcist or something like that. Yeah, like they're starting to realise it's haunted and they start calling people in. <laughs> and sometimes these people that they come in actually do something that's effective. Yeah, I like the idea of the kind of- Well, they, they call in the exorcist and you're just standing there like, what the fuck? Like, nothing's happening. You're snapping your fingers around him, and the exorcist gets freaks out and freaks out, freaked out, and leaves. <laughs> um, you know, they call in some fucking ghost hunter, whatever, and they put out the the EK. What is it? The the PKE uh, meter. No, that's the the voice. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Nothing happens, and then finally, there's just like this complete kook. It's basically. Um, do you remember Michael J. Fox in Frighteners? Yes. Yeah. God damn it, I love that film. (laughs) I know. Fucking Peter Jackson's early days. He comes in and and it's like the last resort and his family's just like, what the fuck? But he does something and this giant fucking portal just opens in front of you and starts trying to suck you in. (laughs) (laughs) They can't see it. (laughs) But for you, it's like all this shit happening. (laughs) Hmm. Three, two, one, click. Okay. Monochrome. Ringing. Oh, monochrome. I immediately pictured some sort of, like, some sort of theme around the uh, uh, land, like the landline and taking it back in time sort of thing. Yeah. And and hence the monochrome, you know, they're sort of coming across the screen as the phone rings. I don't know. I don't know where that, where I go with that, but that was the image I had. Yeah. I've almost got this, this picture in, in, well, it was not really a picture in my mind, as you know, but it's, it's. Almost this idea of this uh, private investigator who, oh, when he picks okay. up the phone, it just turns into like one of the 1930s sort of <laughs> sort okay. of scenes and turns all black and white and, you know, he's sort of freaked out about so- it at first. And, and like, there's a case that's sort of happening in both the present and, and, the, um, and the past. So, is this actually the past or is it more just like the fictional ideal of a noir detective sort of becomes real to this to this person? Well, I, th- I think it's actually, yeah, more more around the idea that as you start going through these, these two different cases, you realise that they're linked. It's because they are actually the same case, but this guy has just got these delusions of what- So, the two cases you're trying to solve are who murdered Mrs. Finch- 
and in present day, am I brain damaged? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I like this idea, kind of a magical realism sort of thing almost, except, well, I mean, it's not actually magical realism because this person doesn't know why it's happening and 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 thinks it's real, basically. Yeah. I'm thinking every time that he picks up the phone, it switches between one case and the other. So, is this a situation where this person's like a big fan of noir detective novels and, you know, feels inadequate in his current life and then one day, like, picks up the phone and finds himself in this novel? Or- Is this someone who hates noir detective novels and then finds himself in one? Like, it's a, it, it, they are a, a, some sort of detect, like a PI in real life, hates that whole trope because that's just not how it works, and then picks up the phone one day and finds themselves exactly in that situation. I, I, think, I think this is a guy who, when he first became a PI, he loved, like, the old noir PI sort of thing. Okay. That's why he That's became a why PI. He got, yep. But yep. now he's sort of um, jaded, jaded, and and become disillusioned from that whole that whole yeah, thing because everything's this, just like taking photos of cheating spouses. And, yeah, and this is one of those one of those things that he's now got got a case in which he's he's searching for a missing a missing um, like husband or something. Maltese like that. Falcon. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking like missing husband or something like that. You, you've okay. got the the dame that comes sort of comes in and and asks the question, you know, asks him to take on the case, and then you know, as as he picks up the phone, like all of a sudden the whole scene just melts into this black and white sort of thing, and it's it's the same the same woman there, but she's now you know sort of yeah got got like the um the cigarette on the long stick. Yeah. Okay. I'm liking this a lot because I like this idea that, yeah, this woman comes in and, you know, tells tells him that her husband's missing and he just sort of says, look, I'm sorry to say, but, you know, he's probably cheating on you. I see this a million times. Life's not like the movies. It's not like the detective novels. And, like, she sort of starts crying and then the phone rings. He picks it up and, yeah, it's like- Basically, this, like, monochrome spews out of the phone. He's like, what the fuck? And then looks around. This woman's crying. And then his voiceover starts. <laughs> like, that's when the noir voiceover starts. It's like, she, she uh, you know, she, she looked pretty even when she was crying. I didn't really wanted to help her. And he's just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, he hears it and doesn't realize it. He's the only one that hears it, though. It's like- Oh, he's the only one who hears it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no one else and in the world like, is like- It's the chief of police on the line or something. And, like, they found a body- and, you know, it turns out that actually this case is is more than it, you know, more than it- More than it That seems. he thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is it only when he's on the- f- No, I think that just switches. It's That's what, yeah, that's what it triggers just the switch. Um, thing is, it's, it depends on what type of phone it is that rings. So, he's always got his mobile phone on him. And if the mobile phone rings, then it's that that, you know, he sort of kicks into the into the current day. But if it's a landline that rings that he answers, it sort of it flicks him back into the 1930s or whatever. Well, I kind of like the idea that maybe the phone appears. So, like, he wouldn't he doesn't have a landline. Yeah. But but in this scene. One just appears. The land- it's the an old tiny rings. phone that just appears on his desk sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so maybe like the first, the first voiceover line maybe happens even before he picks it up and it's like, I didn't have a landline, but I had to pick up the phone to see what it was <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> and then later on, it's like this, everything's old timey and black and white. And suddenly you see this like bright blue light in his pocket that looks completely out of place because everything else is monochrome yep. and he picks it up and it's his mobile. And when he answers it, it brings him back into the real world. Yeah. Yeah. I like That's that. That's super cool. I really love that. Especially because any time that you you have like a monochrome scene and then you'd show some color. Oh god, yeah, it's so it's so effective. Yeah, I can I can just imagine that, you know, anything that you really want to point out in these in this monochromatic world is is sort of like highlighted in color. So they really pop against well, the background. Well, maybe although I, I I wonder if you want to I wonder if you want to save that for indicating like his sort of fantasy world versus the real world. Oh, yep, yep. Well, maybe maybe in act 2 and act 3, like that's where that's where, you know, things start melding between. So, as he's going through, you know, this bar, it's sort of like half monochromatic, half half colour, and you sort of That'd see- That'd be cool. Um, a patron walk from one side into the other yes. and, and change. Oh, fuck. That's great. That's great. All right. So, what we've got here so far sounds like a really cool movie pitch. What are we doing to turn this into a game? Like, what sort of gameplay is this? Are you thinking kind of just- Sort of third-person adventure Yeah, I'm definitely thinking third-person adventure because um, a behind-the-back sort of view could look yeah. really cool because then you get well, to see character. Well, because then you back and forth between, like, yeah, you see the character and in the, in the, in the colour world, he's just sort of general, like, I'm picturing him sort of, like, standard, like, um, shirt with suspenders, almost like the kind of classic just dowdy kind of look. Yep. And then, yeah, when he transfers into the- into the noir world, he's got the fucking trench coat and the hat. Yep. And, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just imagining walking down in Act 2 or Act 3, just walking down the middle and you see half trench coat, half, like- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That'd be really cool, having those sorts of moments. Yeah. And, and the whole time he's wondering, like, there's sort of this sub-story, you know, the main story is obviously this this missing person or, or murder or whatever it ends up being, but- the sub story is literally what the fuck is going on with my head? Like, yep. why is this happening? Uh, and I don't know how you resolve that. Well, I, I think I think it's actually you know this is one of those cases of someone has lost the love of of what they were doing. Yet this is what <laughs> yeah. their brain is pretty much doing to them to to basically kickstart their um their love for for. You know, this is the reason why you why so you, do you originally make got it into completely it. internal. You yeah, make it basically just you you turn it into. Um, well, he put sort of takes it down as this is this is something that my brain is doing to to remind me what I loved about um, why I wanted to become a PI in the first place. But what you could actually sort of hint at is that there's like a mischievous sort of. Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, does he have other being who's very godmother or something? This. Who's yeah. yeah, it's like the, the Christopher Walken in Click character, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, that typical sort of character, but he, he never finds that out. Like, he just he just takes it down as this is something that happened in his own mind, okay. but in reality yeah. it didn't. Like, yeah. in reality, you know, this was actually being caused by, you know, sort of like a Loki-esque um, character. Yeah, Trickster you know, God. Trickster God, yeah. Sure. This I is really that. cool. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could do some really fucking cool shit with it. All right. And thing is, it's something that could only happen in a game. 
with the with the idea that you know you can actually see what happens as as something goes from one side to another, and you can actually play with oh yeah to, people to be able to play side and talking to people in the other and well uh, you could even do some interesting stuff like if you're on the noir side you've got a gun <laughs> but if you're on the non if you're on the real life side you don't you've got maybe you've got a taser or something but yeah. like your taser or pepper spray or something like that yeah but like that actually has a gameplay implication <laughs> <laughs> either you shoot someone in the head and they're dead or you shoot them in the face and they're and they're blinded or incapacitated sort of thing <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I wonder what. Ha- yeah. Anyway, you could explore some of the <laughs> things. What happens if you shoot someone in the head on the noir side and then drag the body over to the other side? Are they still dead? <laughs> I don't know, but Ben, guess what time it oh. is? All right, I'm in Discord. Three, two, one, enter. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Do you want to explain it? Since it, it's it is a it is a young redheaded kid putting what looks to be bologna deli- or yeah. deli meat or something like that into a CD drive. Into a CD drive. <laughs> uh, this is a very sort of mischievous looking ginger. Uh, although you know, well, I guess he doesn't look like he's he's mischievous. He looks like he thinks it's actually going to do something. Yeah, he thinks this is a cup holder. As well as a deli meat holder. <laughs> Therefore, let's put it inside. Well, okay. Here's the other thing, though. Is he putting it in or is he taking it out? Ooh. Because he has he's making a sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, he's making a sandwich. He's got at least three other pieces on that sandwich. Is, <laughs> is this CD player somehow generating deli meat? <laughs> or is this, is this a game where you're making a sandwich- but um, you don't know where you, where you put all the ingredients, and they where could be the anywhere. <laughs> could be anywhere the in the just house. Want your sandwich ingredients. <laughs> like you lift up the seat cushion, and you see like a piece of cheese, and that's that's now on your sandwich. Oh my god, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> now, does the fact that he's a hardcore ginger have anything to do with the gameplay? Um, I think that's just one of the- um, that's your your basic character. It's your the default character. Default character is, is a ginger, is a ginger in a vest. Love. Ginger kid in a vest, sure. Yep. And, well, you're, you're a ginger person in a vest. You don't have to be a kid. Like, um, your random character generator just shows you as a as a redheaded- Well, uh, well or we have very specific, like, characters- you know, with different skills and, you know, in a, sort of an Overwatch fashion. Mm-hmm. And Ginger Kid in the Vest is just really good at finding deli meat. Like, you know, if you if you really want a deli meat sandwich, then that's who you choose to play yep. in this multiplayer squad-based <laughs> sandwich-making <laughs> online uh, game. Jeez, this is one of the weirdest- damn images that I've ever sort of seen. <laughs> like, and the fact that we've actually come up with a game that could literally actually happen. I, I think it's a pretty cool premise. So, what else is hidden around the house? I mean, obviously, it can't just be sandwiches. All right. Well, I mean, you you turn on the sink. Yep. And- Coke comes you know, out. Chocolate, Coke comes out. If you turn on the hot, 
Chocolate milk comes out if you turn on the cold. Uh, if you turn on the shower, you get spaghetti. Yep. If you flush the toilet. Oh, God. I wasn't going to go just, there, but- okay. It's just normal. Just it's water. Just, yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> just water and it flushes shit away. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, if you, but if you open up the system at the top, then you can actually get, like, um, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We, this sandwich is going to be very wet so far based on most things. Well, uh, we, we'll talk to all- It's not just sandwich. Well, just sandwich. ooh, you said, you said uh, spaghetti before, and I'm thinking this is all about making jaffles. Okay. Um, because- As in, like, a grilled cheese, like a grilled sandwich, yep. a toasted sandwich. Yeah. For those who might not know the term jaffles, which I think is relatively regional. Yeah, but why don't you know yeah, it? Continue. L- learn, learn your, learn your bloody- Awesome sandwiches. Um, so, the cool thing about a jaffle is it's an actual sealed toasted sandwich. It's not one of those, oh, look, I've got, a, I've got a sandwich press and you just press it together. No, this is an actual sealed sandwich. So, you can actually put things like spaghetti or baked beans or something in, something like that in it. The idea is that you can seal it. Um, yes. And toast it at the same time, which is really cool. We Did you know that that's a called a jaffle because there was a brand called Jaffle? Really? In the 50s? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The more you know. Now you made me lose my train of thought. Um, Good. It was okay. a bad train. No, just <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Go on. Yes, seal. You can seal. So, is- this is- You're trying to find- Well, you've not only got to find the ingredients, but you've also got to find out what is the jaffle maker in this house. Like, oh, again, right. Loki the trickster god. Because it could god. be like- it could be like when you open um, the the bread crock. <laughs> That's also a word that nobody uses. The bread box. The laptop. The laptop. Yeah. You, you see the indentations. Like, <laughs> yeah, you open the laptop and instead of like a keyboard inside, it's got, you know, the, yeah, the little, the indentations for the bread that, that push it into shape. I'm just imagining now that you, you come to your, your old, like, we're talking probably a late 90s, early 2000s computer for some reason that you've got that has a three and a half inch drive. You press the eject button on the three and a half inch drive and yeah. out comes a piece of cheese. And it's yeah. like, that'll yes. fit nicely just on here. If you Where do you get a sausage? If I want a sausage, like a hot dog. <laughs> lipstick? Sock drawer? Like you turn, turn, the, turn the lipstick and a, and a hot dog just starts coming out and you keep turning it. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see that. <laughs> like you, you keep turning the, the the lipstick case, and out comes like this. Yeah, and just like foot, keeps coming. Despite you, you the see fact a that foot, not- you see a foot long hot dog come out of this tiny little lipstick case. That's just awesome. Yeah. Okay. What else can come out of come out of like weird and Things. wonderful places? What comes out of the power sockets? Like um, grated cheese of all things. Grated cheese. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of makes sense yeah. for this sort of shape. Um, um, you turn on the heaters and bread. Is that where the bread comes from? Like pops out of the grate? You get like a pre-sliced loaf of bread that comes out of your heat event? Oh, yeah. 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 Vacuum <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> cleaner. That's where your hot dog comes from. <laughs> you turn on the vacuum cleaner just or like or like cucumbers or something. <laughs> <laughs> Where do the French fries come from? They're, they're maybe the air conditioning vent? 
yeah, that could work. Or, um, yeah, like the vent at the back of the computer or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what 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 else would be seen underneath, like the sofa? Like, obviously, deli meat is coming from the CD drive. We know that. Yes, the picture the picture knows all, and it told us that. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking that maybe you, you pull up the sofa and there's, like, margarine there that you can just sort of pick up and put on your bread. Like, just loose margarine. Loose margarine, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have four kids. There's definitely just loose margarine in my sofa. <laughs> you put your hand in your pocket and it's like, well, that's where the margarine ended up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so do you get do you get style points for, for like- um, putting weird and wonderful things on these sandwiches. Uh, I think there's a professional chef um, who, in the style of just weird shit coming out of shit, you turn the TV on and he steps out of the TV and is there in your living room and he t- takes a sandwich from you mm-hmm. and just gives you some points. Um, and then he asks you, did you open up your remote and see the pickles that I put in there? <laughs> <laughs> Like the battery holder. <laughs> the battery holder. <laughs> yeah, totally. Some little pickles. It's like, wouldn't it be better with pickles? He, he picks up the remote. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Docking you. 0.7 points. P- picks up the toothpick dispenser and starts putting parmesan cheese on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> this is totally- There's always just a toy. And uh, as usual, VR- um, oh, yeah. Like, but one of the cool things is, depending on the character that you pick, depends on the scale of the room. So, well, ooh, if you pick okay, a kid- yeah. Well, maybe the style of the food. Style of the food and the scale of the room. I, I, I really love the idea of, if you pick a kid, you literally see this as a massive, massive, massive house. Whereas, yeah. if you pick the six foot tall guy, um, you know- You're bumping your head on the door frames. You're bumping your head on the door frames and, like- the the whole room seems almost smaller and harder to actually get at the uh, the little button to to eject the cheese. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you if you find a pen, you click the end and tomato sauce comes out. Oh yeah, <laughs> or soy sauce because that's well. Black. Again, again, it depends on the color the of the pen. Pick. The color, well, yes, the color of the pen. Good. Yep. But I was also thinking that the different characters, like if you pick the little ginger kid, you find hot dogs and tomato sauce and like chicken nuggets. But mm-hmm. if you pick like the older, more foodie sort of person, then yeah, you get like soy sushi sauce and mm. yeah, sushi and and fucking truffles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then, I'm, I'm trying to think of the worst click- place in the entire room. For the, for the foodie guy, and it has to be the toilet, and that's where you get the coriander from, because that's where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> On that coriander-hating note- Oh, sorry. For, for, our, for our American audiences, in, in the toilet, you find the cilantro, because that's where it belongs. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out and dynamically insert it based on their geolocation. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, not. So, I think we will end it there. Thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online, 
Which is the only place you're going to find us because we're a podcast. <laughs> if and you also- want to find us offline, find us behind the magazine. If you want to find us offline, we'll, we'll sell some. Audio cassettes. <laughs> if you want to find us offline, you're going to have to come to our fucking houses because there's a pandemic on and stay home. So, don't come to our house. A pandemic on. Like someone put on a pandemic like it's a party. <laughs> <laughs> it's a party and no one's invited. Yeah. Because you've all got to stay the fuck at home. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> Podchaser.com slash bitsdom is where you can actually go to find us online. Check out all our past episodes. Leave us some- Fantastic reviews or some shitty reviews if you hated it. That's fine. We want to hear it. And find all our other social stuff there too. We also we also we are also part of the 8-bit collective. This is a group of podcasts uh involved in all sorts of different pop culture, you know, sort of things. Uh check them out at 8bit.net. Go check out some of the other uh podcasts there. Including the Inconsolables, a, uh, a, a a recent addition to the Eight Bit Collective, and half of which you heard on the episode last week. Yes, we'd also like it if you could check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook, or look for at AGP Network on Twitter. Finally, we'd like to thank. Crudust for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And hey, Trev. Yeah. I found a half of a gun. Let's read something. <laughs> <laughs>